0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the
1: official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Sports
2: Radio 610 welcomes you back alongside Brandon Scott. I'm Sean Bajani, in for pain and Pendergast this morning Appreciate you joining us. If you'd like to be a part of the show, hit us up, seven one three five seven two four six ten. You can call or text the trailer wheel and frame text line. Larry and Stafford just hit us up last segment. Always enjoy when he calls and just kind of reinvigorated me, you know, with his passion for what the Texans need to do, in his opinion, with the number two overall pick. And that is absolutely get yourself a quarterback. And that's something that we've been talking about all morning, B Scott, you know, with operating under the presumption that they do, in fact, get that quarterback at number two or just whatever with their first pick in the first round. If it's trading up, whatever the case may be, they got a quarterback. What about number 12? And we've kind of gone over some of the top defensive linemen, top wide receivers that um, should be of interest to the Houston Texans. What people maybe aren't thinking so much about is adding to the secondary for the second straight year in the first round, obviously picking Derek Stingley uh, last year in the first round after an uh, injury-laden final season at LSU. Do they do that <laughs> again this year? Do they look secondary in the first round? We're, there's a couple of names that, you know, I think it was Jonathan Alexander um highlighted in a recent piece in the Chronicle and one of them was cornerback Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State and another corner was Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois as two guys that he believes the Texans should consider at number 12 overall where do you sit with this idea that you go secondary in the first round again
1: I would be shocked that they did it to go back to back years using a premium pick on a cornerback, I'd be shocked if they did it. And I would be even more shocked if once they did do it, there wasn't like a collective gasp of (laughs) mutiny, a, 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 (laughs) like like, just, I cannot imagine what this fan base would look like. If you, with that 12th pick or with that second, second round or first round pick that you would go with another cornerback considering that you've used the number three overall pick on Derek Stingley and that you spent, Okay, money on what turned out to be one of your better defensive players last year in Steven Nelson, and you've only got him for another year uh, com- coming up this yeah. this coming season is this the last season on his contract. So by twenty twenty four, you would need to you know presumably have uh, somebody else. But here is the thing: more than anything, the secondary outside the tackle positions, right? We would let's concede that the tackle positions is probably the strength of the team, like the the strongest overall. Part of the team, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard as your tackles. But outside of that, to me, their secondary was the strongest part of the team like that. If there is an area where I would say they, the statistics
2: prove that out. I mean, that that is the case. Yeah. If they fairly easily
1: where they need the least amount of work Mm -hmm. would be in the secondary. Now, I also don't feel like they should just focus on positions of need because they need so much that they should go out and get the best players available at twelve. And if they determine that that is a cornerback at 12, depending on how everything shakes out and who's available at that spot, if they determine that that's what it is, I guess I could understand it. But in terms of using premium picks on premium positions, I feel like you did that already last year, did a good enough job with it in free agency to pair with the guys that you drafted that you should be looking at, you know, defense, pass rusher and weapon. And for me, it's mainly weapon. And I'm not – necessarily particular on wide receiver, uh, tight end. I'm a big B. John Robinson guy, but I just need a weapon. I need a guy that you can get a ball to, and that's somebody that's going to be one of those explosive playmakers that that D'Amico Ryans has been talking about in let his me, media availability. Let
2: me ask you a question. Uh, the new league year starts uh, March 15th, Correct. start a free agency. How much easier will it be, you know, between March 15th and April 27th, which is when the NFL draft starts. Bears are on the clock, April Mm -hmm. 27th. So you've got like a month and change from the time the new league year starts to the first pick of the NFL draft. How much can the Texans or will the Texans, you think, get accomplished in free agency? And look, there's a lot. That's kind of a convoluted question because, look, they've got the fifth most money to spend, roughly $40 million, Um, In cap space this year, but some of that's going to be used for re-signing, not re-signing, but extending Laramie Tunsil, maybe even working a new deal with Titus Howard, keeping some of the guys that maybe we're familiar with, but what kind of deals free agent wise can the Texans address or do you anticipate them? addressing before the draft that might make it a little bit easier to kind of paint the picture on what the Texans could be thinking with that 12th pick in the first round and maybe even beyond in the draft
1: yeah I'm getting so in theory here I'm guessing either defensive line interior defensive line and safety the Mm -hmm. the the other safety spot uh, opposite of Jalen Petrie like if I had to say and and then obviously so you would
2: say you would mark those two positions like his priority what about center
1: Yeah, well, and and center is somewhere where I think they could look at in the draft because they need a center, and I'm not sure. Like, free agent offensive linemen, you know, like, if if they're worth their salt, normally those guys stay with their teams. So I'm much more, when I'm talking about just what the market and supply and demand looks like, I'm much more kind of looking at it like, hey, can you go find a center in the draft? They absolutely need a center, and I'm not picky about how they find it, whether it's through free agency or through the draft. And, and that's a good point that you mentioned. Maybe maybe center is something that they prioritize. Well, the, but the last time they brought in a free agent center, it was an old guy who was washed and then didn't give him anything yeah, last year. Yeah,
2: I mean, but that was, you know, he had
1: some personal no, issues, too. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it.
2: You know, that I get along it. With that. But the reason why I ask is I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, Brindle is the 49ers uh, starting center, I believe, as a free agent. The 49ers have been kind of <laughs> you know, depleted from a staff standpoint. Thanks to the hiring of D'Amico Ryans. You yep. know, he's taken a number of guys from Frisco and brought them here to Houston. And to your point, what you just said is, you know, typically when you have agent offensive linemen, they wind up staying with their their team. But when a team has gone under so much change from a coaching standpoint and they're – is it going to be parties? Is it going to be – you know, uh, Trey Lance? Is it going to be Garoppolo? Like, what's their situation looking like at quarterback?
1: It's going to be Trey Lance. They're going to give Trey Lance every chance to fail.
2: But if you're you're Brendel, you know, and he's probably the best center on the market, potentially, you know, this offseason, do the Houston Texans consider him? Like, if you're going to basically be bringing Kyle Shanahan, a Shanahan playbook here under Slowick, who's going to put his, you know, stamp on things, when you want to bring a guy in that's already familiar with the system? Like that is one of the most important positions, you know, on the team, really. Especially when you're bringing this system in here, somebody that's familiar with it already, and maybe get to be charged with helping a young rookie quarterback learn it. Yeah, um, that's just, that was just kind of my thinking. Yeah, no, there's something to
1: that. There's, um, there's definitely something to that, and not just that his familiarity with the system, but remember the coach's familiarity with him. So, sure, yeah, so point, you know, yeah. it's Nick Osirio, and ultimately the McNair is writing the checks, but it's Nick Osirio who's deciding what, how much money to allocate for what and where. And he's going to have direct knowledge and intel on a player like that with the Ryan Ryans and Bobby Shloick and You know, it looks like they brought it every single assistant, uh, uh, marginal assistant yeah. that the 49ers had. It seems to be even joining the, damn the chief of staff. Goodness gracious, <laughs> everybody. So so like they should have plenty of information and intel on that guy. But I just look at like I look at the Super Bowl and these guys that have been with the team what seemingly forever, and guys that are not just forever. Creed Humphrey is a, is a young player. But the value of the center play. It, it Never has it been in more full focus for me how badly the Texans need a center than watching the Eagles and Chiefs match up in the Super Bowl and the fact that they have oh, yeah, good point. elite centers and yeah. Creed Humphrey and Jason Kelsey. And to me, it's like... I don't know if they're going to find that type of guy in free agency. I'd much I'd feel much more comfortable, I'll say it like this. I feel much more comfortable with them scouting that guy and drafting that guy in this draft process as opposed to going to go get somebody in free agency. Yeah. Sure sure they could. Absolutely they could. But it seems like a better Pursuit to try to find it in the draft, yeah, and that's where we are in the stage of the region yeah, Anyway, it's, it's drafting your your cornerstone player. Yeah, I just
2: kind of wanted to see where you were putting like the level of importance, you know, because your High. first your your first two guys at positions rather that you mentioned, you know, was uh, another safety and would you say defensive lineman? Yeah, right. So you would put center up there. Certainly, your top three, top five positional, um, uh, positional groups of importance going into the draft. What else? I mean, what's your what
1: is your top oh, five? There's three
2: right there. You oh, got safety, you got I, D
1: line, you got all offensive line. Not to be dismissive of the question, Sean, but this is where we are, man. Outside the tackles is everywhere. I mean, man. anything, right? Like best yeah. player other available, than, other than tackle position. and cornerback, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I'd put tackle and cornerback at the bottom. Yeah. And, and just do an inverted pyramid and start from there. But see, it kind of goes back to my question.
2: You know, it's like how much can the Texans get accomplished between March 15th and April 27th and free agent wise that might make that a little bit easier to decipher on what they could be yeah. doing with, yeah. you know, picks within the first three rounds, presumably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's kind of like where I'm at. I, I need it to be simplified because I was listening to John Harris on Texans radio. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. And he did this experiment, this exercise, rather, you know, this mock draft of his. And I think it was something crazy. Like within the first 10 picks of the draft, he had concocted like five or six different trade scenarios where if you're looking at a at, at the Texans draft placement, every other team within the top 10, they're all different. No, nothing makes sense anymore. It's all jumbled about. And. Every single one of them that I was listening to him go through it was like it made sense. <laughs> yeah, this no, well, and that's what like, I was going to
1: say when you said them. Like there are at least five different trade scenarios that you can at least. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, all centered around the quarterback position. 100%. Really, <laughs> that's it. That muddies the
0: waters every single time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?